0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Rashi's World. Today we have a special guest, uh, John Perkins. Welcome to Rashi's World. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Nice to see you. Yeah, wonderful. So one of the things I ask uh, all my my guests here on, on my show is the the first question, which is always the toughest one, so we'll
1: we'll get it over with is how would you briefly describe yourself? What would you say? Oh, I I am Paramashiva, which is supreme consciousness. That's and wonderful. so and so are you so are you by the way <laughs> that's great. Right. And so
0: what I want to talk about too is maybe hear your book and uh the power of letting go, how to drop everything that's holding you back. And so letting go, and that's something that is um hard to do sometimes because we often don't want to let go and uh, there's things that are holding us back and we don't advance and we block ourselves and we sabotage and so on. So what would you briefly say, uh, what is your book about? And then we're going to dive into into that a bit more in our discussion today.
1: Okay, well, what I would say is um, it's called The Power of Letting Go because Uh, So many people have been brought up to believe that in order to do things, you have to make all this intellectual and physical effort. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And the assumption behind that is that you are a separate body mind. You know, um, Eckhart Tolle talks about that in Power of Now, like you're the body mind. Mm -hmm. So most of us have been conditioned to believe that we're the body mind. So we make all this effort. Right and then a lot of us at some point get completely stuck the whole thing just stops working (laughs) and that in my case that started happening when i was 26 and then i finally let go properly when i was 35 and then things really started happening quickly when i let go and the 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 big change i mean this is part of the journey to enlightenment is we start off thinking that we're a body mind you know a separate ego Mm -hmm. And then as we get closer and closer to enlightenment, we realize, actually, I, I am supreme consciousness and I, I inhabit this body, but this body's temporary. Right. And mm-hmm. the more I let go, the more, more easily things happen, mm-hmm. uh, which is the opposite of the way we've been educated.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And the way we think and the way we operate in our daily life. But what is it you're letting go of? What is it
1: you're letting go of the ego? It's the ego you're letting go of and the, and specifically the ego, the way, well, there's a difference between the Western and the Eastern definition of ego. So the Western, you know, the Freudian definition of ego is, you know, the ego is some kind of useful thing that keeps your id under control, right? You know, basically your body wants to eat loads of food and have sex with everybody Mm -hmm. and your ego, sorry, is there to stop that happening, right? That's the Western view. The Eastern view is the, is the ego is, is a real, is what's preventing it, the ego is what stands between you and a blissful life, because the ego in the Eastern tradition is made of all kinds of pain, which can be described as karma with a K. It can be described as samskara, incompletion. But basically, it's it's all your baggage which is getting in the way. Mm-hmm. That's your ego. right? And when you get when you destroy your, by the way, my spiritual name is all about destroying the ego. Mm-hmm. When you destroy your ego, all kinds of wonderful things happen. Mm-hmm
0: yeah I, so for that's, the longest the hmm? so time Sorry. I was confused by this concept of ego and again as you say yeah. because I was I, I studied Buddhism and I, I saw that yeah. the ego and so on as something again destroying it as something bad and the evil and so on but I think it's like it's really not that. So I've, I've softened my approach. And I think one thing that helps me to see the difference between the ego and then the bigger self is the self uh, with uh, uh, the, uh, um, the minor, the lower letter, and then the capital letter self, yeah, yeah. The, uh, one that's yeah. expanding, which does include the lower self as well. So it's technically, yeah. the, the lower ego is not bad. It's just, there's so much more out there. It's like you're in this small yeah. house, but it's like, got a whole world outside of that so plato's like a cave i think to demonstrate that that we're entrapped in this place and suddenly we step out it's like oh my god there is a whole other world which is the reality the real world as opposed to what we see and pretend is real and what we obsess and worry about which is basically in the grand scheme of things is really nothing
1: yes i mean it's a a useful convention there at least in (laughs) english you have S with a, sorry, self with a small S, which is, you <laughs> know, the little yeah. self with big S. And a, w- one way of describing the ego is it's the false self. It's mm-hmm. like, for example, if I think I'm John Perkis and I think I'm a body mind and I'm, I, I I and I think, you know, and I'm out there trying to basically get what I want and avoid what I don't want. Uh, if, if 8 billion people do that simultaneously, the result is chaos, right? Which we can mm-hmm. see all around us. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you say okay i've got this body and this mind but it's part of something infinitely bigger uh and 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 then you see the other eight billion people as also part of that big self with a capital s then then everything changes right (laughs) because we're all part of the same thing yeah
0: we are talking more about that with the body-mind connection. We see that. And some people throw in spirit as well, which I, which I like to prove that kind of like a holistic view of things. But still, mm. knowing all of this, there is still like, we, we hesitate. And so mm. we, we, we hold on to these concepts of the ego and we take it as real. So why do yes. you think it is so hard to let go of? Because what you're saying uh, makes a lot of sense. But why do many people resist that
1: change? Uh I would say it's well, I'll I'll, I'll I'll explain it the way my guru behind me, he explains it. And I followed him for nine years. And he's very clear about it. He says, he says, okay, so somewhere between the ages of two and seven. I mean, most psychologists have said this, right? Um <laughs> in your early childhood something bad happens right yeah. so when i had clinical depression in my mid-20s i went off to see the freudian psychoanalyst right and they'd say yeah. tell me about your childhood and you know and you talk about bad things that happen but but there was no solution except talking right and and the reason i i latched on to we call him swamiji and the reason i latched on to swamiji was he was he's very very clear about it he says something painful happens between the ages of two and seven and and uh, so you have a painful experience, and you suppress that. You if you live it fully, it's fine. But you don't. You suppress it, and you come to a conclusion about yourself. For example, my first day at school, aged five, which is in the book, I I turn up thinking I'm going to make lots of new friends, and the other children laugh at my accent, and I conclude that I'm unacceptable. So I now have this pain pattern that says I'm I'm I have this cognition I'm unacceptable, and then that runs my life. So I go forward. You know, if I go forward 10 years, nearly all of my friends have been born abroad. I, I basically only hang out with outsiders. <laughs> you know, my ego is something to do with being an outsider. And, and that runs your life. <laughs> However, there is a solution, which is to go back and relive. He calls it complete, relive that episode and get rid of that paint button. And, for example, in that case, if you do that, I did it. And you you suddenly find that you can connect with anybody because you don't see yourself as an outsider anymore. For example, I, I that's simple, but yeah, that, that's,
0: a, that's actually what I do. It's I, I did not know that that's what you grew up all, which is amazing. So I think for me it was at a later age. For me it was um, I was in grade four, and so I uh-huh. used to be like more spontaneous, like interacting with others. And then something happened. And I think it's just like becoming a teenager and the the, the hormones yeah, and yeah. But then I I kind of got lost on that path until recently, where I with psychoanalysis for me is important, where I started like looking through these layers and getting rid of all the stuff that is not me and then getting closer yeah. to i think who i am and then reliving yeah. exactly those experiences where i had these negative experiences and, and opening up to them accepting yeah. them and letting them flow out of me and then you feel like you you you're liberated you're free you yeah. can you're not being driven by the the unconscious yeah. that's like looming behind you controlling things yeah. So what that does is I, I find like my actions are still the same, but it just feel differently about it. Like everything yeah. just feels more natural, more spontaneous, less neurotic in many ways. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I find it like, um, like for example, the memory of clinical depression or the memory of my first day at school, it becomes an empty memory. It's a bit like a, a book in a library. You can go and get the book from the library and look at it, but it's not running your life anymore. And I can actually put it in my body. Like there's this kind of charge. When I've completed, when I've relived, the charge leaves my body, Mm -hmm. it's gone, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Yeah, that, so no, I, I would call it a charge. Exactly. And that's why like people are so also on the defensive because they take things personally because it reminds them of something or something, yeah, yeah. something within them is, is triggered. And I've seen that yeah. too with myself. But once you get this, you, you release the charge that's like bothering you, then you calmly respond to it and you don't have yeah. to respond to the other person and you can choose exactly. another path which gives you yeah. that freedom. It's like, I can respond or I cannot respond. And, and both are fine. And one of them yeah. is actually better in that case. So we can yeah. think more calmly. And yeah. uh, that, that has helped me. But for me, uh, intuition has, was also very important for what is the uh-huh. right path to take. And often yeah. I've talked on this podcast where it seems that the worst choice one could make. And my trip going to, to Mexico was in terms of objectively when I had student loans and I was getting paid lower than minimum wage. And it seemed like just yeah. a crazy idea was the best I've made because that's how I met my wife. So yeah. that was intuition. Something guided me. Something led me to yeah. that. And I listened yeah. to it and I followed it and it was yes. the best possible choice so how, what would you say about intuition uh,
1: well my favorite definition of intuition is immediate insight without reasoning i love that and yeah so that comes from the encarta world english dictionary which was published mm-hmm. by microsoft so it's my be- favorite definition because um so many educated people they kind of analyze their way through everything and overanalyze my yeah they think that's going to give the answer yeah. and I find it much well, if you've been around for a while, and this applies to every, you know, not just relationships, it applies to investments, careers, driving, anything, is it as your mind becomes clearer and clearer, you know, you can use spiritual practices and gradually mm-hmm. empty your mind. Is your intuition gets stronger and stronger and and basically you need to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: and so what I tend to do is is yeah is pay attention to my intuition mm-hmm. uh and i do i do ask to be guided i've been doing that for a long time i ask to be guided and i listen very carefully and and i just get a sense and I, of course i check i mean if it's like you should buy shares in that company or you should go into you know i i check i go i do some analysis but i start mm-hmm. with intuition mm-hmm. Right, I don't start with analysis because otherwise you'll be digging holes everywhere. Yeah,
0: but but that's the thing because sometimes it's like we think it's intuition, but it's wishful thinking, and we want something to happen. But you can tell the difference. Like deep inside, there's like something that's like this is it, right? And it's it's hard to explain. And it's something I guess you get better with time. Once you like you know, as you're saying with spiritual practice, maybe if you listen
1: to it, you recognize this is what. Uh-huh. I mean, I think generally, if people meditate a lot, that improves the uh-huh. intuition. Right? Right. But there's also a thing called false intuition, which is That's right. uh, people, you, for example, you walk down the street and you see someone from a different ethnic group and you feel nervous. <laughs> and, and that can just be um, you had a negative experience. You haven't completed it. It's stored in your body and you're just being triggered. So you, so you right. think it's intuition. It's actually a pain pattern.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that can happen yeah yeah
0: and that that can be confusing i think but it's also yeah. quite interesting because you started uh with uh as in we uh, started uh, you studied the uh, economy at, at, yeah. at cambridge and you yeah. went into like banking and finances and yeah. so on so i'm kind of interested like what brought you to this path like because which is uh, if you stay logically that's not the path you would expect to be right uh, so what uh well, what- led you in the right direction basically well, the right direction.
1: I mean, what happened <laughs> was I, I went to an extremely good school, which would cost my parents nothing. It was free and it was, it was a great school. And then I went to Cambridge and worked in banking, consulting, MBA <laughs> and everything. And I just became more and more and more analytical. And my intuition basically stopped. Okay. Yeah, it, I was analysing everything and my mind became very busy, right? <laughs> uh, perpetually analysing. And, and the re- and the mess I got into was I was perfectly qualified to be a management consultant or an investment banker. And I didn't want to do either of those things. And what I really wanted to do was either be a headhunter, recruiter or, or an investor. And what I realized is those two things both require a lot of intuition. Oh, OK. You know, invest- investment and recruitment both require intuition. And my intuition had kind of died through all this analysis. And that's when I got depressed and and when i kind of came out the other side i just realized i i've done all this analytical cleverness for a long time i i need to i need and and i went into sales deliberately to to kind of learn how to get beyond all this analytical stuff i mean i still i can still analyze things as much as i want to but i don't live that way because you're basically dissecting the past that's what analysis is you're just dissecting old stuff (laughs) um and and the spirit and so i i i searched all over the place i went through you know mountains of mainly north american self-help books and and courses and then eventually got to the original spiritual traditions so buddhism hinduism Taoism, you know because all of this stuff ultimately goes back to asia right you know um, so that's what happened and um and what i discovered the common denominator in, in all of it was i discovered that Everything that works it's not about acquiring more and more knowledge. It's about letting go of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and the more you let go, the more easily things happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, what are some of the tips you you give in your book? What do you talk about in your book specifically of that that stripping away of letting go? So, what can uh, can we do to to get there or to yeah, practice?
1: Yeah. Well, in that book, I mean, I'm writing a new book, um, but I'll, I'll focus on that book. So, there are three steps in the book. The first one. Well, the, the starting point is to be present in some way. So many for many people, that's doing mindfulness or yoga mm-hmm. or swimming mm-hmm. or something to be present, right? So your mind's not whatever mm-hmm. the place. So the first one is letting go of unhelpful thoughts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this is too difficult, but it's worth doing. I mean, for example, you know, you might have some prejudice or label or mental habit, and when you look carefully, you can see what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're everything. constantly judging everything right we're constantly yeah, that's yeah. like the it's, background it's like filter yeah. going on right yes. and once yes. you start to see your filters then you mm-hmm. can say okay I'm not actually seeing reality I'm seeing mm-hmm. I'm seeing reality obscured by a whole load of stuff <laughs> right yeah and, and and there are in the book there's a whole list of you're know, like you know I should do this I should do that um, mm-hmm. judging labeling, uh, you know, I give an example, you look at you look at a baby in a pram and instead of seeing a baby in a pram, you see all kinds of drama to do with your own life and your childhood. And, you know. Or or you look at a Ferrari and instead of seeing some metal and some rubber, you see a whole load of prejudices about money and Italians and motor racing. And... <laughs> it just brings up all these thoughts. Right. So <laughs> so the first one is letting go of thoughts. The second one, which we've touched on, is is letting go of pain so we basically this pain is stored in our bodies and it goes back to very early childhood and there's the technique in the book which i learned from swamiji can be summarized as relive to relieve so if you relive intensely you can remove this pain from your body as we've just discussed and the third stage which most people find scary is to let go completely uh, which is to say um I mean, in a way, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I I spent 10 years going to church and Sunday school. I mean, I I gave up Christianity, but I came away with a clear understanding that there's something extremely intelligent running the cosmos, right? And it's more intelligent than my little brain. And so when we let go completely, we allow that intelligence to run our lives. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is it runs our lives much better than our ego can. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's already running our bodies, right? I mean, we do stupid things that damage our bodies. Right. But if we don't do stupid things, our bodies work really well. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
1: And that's and it's doing its own
0: thing, too. Like talking about the body, it does its own thing really well. It's when we interfere, where we kind of make things. Yeah, yeah, start, yeah.
1: Right. We yeah. put silly put chemicals in it, or we jump off a cliff, or whatever we do. But, yeah. um, and, and so letting go completely in a way, sometimes called surrender, is. It's bringing you back to your natural state, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, the way animals and trees and that's the way they live, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, so there there are three steps, let go of thoughts, let go of pain, and then let go completely. Those are the three steps in that book, yeah.
0: One of the things we usually are driven by is hard work. And so, but often, We get trapped though. We do all the work, but then it doesn't pay off, and there's no reward, and yeah. we get stuck, and so yeah. on. So, how can yeah. we do a, put in the effort, but still let go at the same time? How can you find yeah, that's, a balance of that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say that what it comes back to the original point, which is what most people are doing is they're putting in a lot of effort on the assumption that they are a body mind. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's this little body mind that has calories every day and then runs around trying to do things (laughs) in competition with eight billion other body minds right Mm -hmm. and that is exhausting yes um and for example you knock on doors trying to sell things or you Mm -hmm. knock on doors trying to meet the right man or woman or you know it's just exhausting right Mm -hmm. um that's one way to live the other way to live is to let go completely i mean i would this is the terminology i would use now because i've things of you know that book came out four years ago the terminology i would use now is is basically what i do is i ask the word swamiji uses is paramashiva which is supreme consciousness
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so basically supreme consciousness is everything is running everything Mm -hmm. and so i basically ask paramashiva to manifest through me Mm -hmm. and so what i'm doing is is I'm just allowing the cosmic intelligence to operate through me and I let go. And what's amazing is everything gets solved. Everything works beautifully all the way from catch. I mean, on Saturday it looked as though I was going to miss my plane from Toronto and it all worked perfectly. Um, Or things like making money, you know, your little ego worries about making money. And then yesterday and today more money has come from places I didn't think of. Yeah. Yeah. So so when, uh, and Swamiji's got this brilliant analogy in one of his books, this is how, he, which I love, it's a great image, right? So he says, I'll I'll describe it in my words, imagine a piece of bamboo, which is hollow, right? So if the bamboo is hollow, it produces beautiful music, Like the air goes through, the musical music comes out. Mm-hmm. If the bamboo is full of dirt, is blocked by ego, mm-hmm. then you can't play musical, beautiful music. All you can use the bamboo for is to carry dead bodies on a stretcher. It's useless, right? Yeah. So the whole aim of the exercise is to take the ego out of the bamboo and just become a pure channel. So you become a channel for the cosmos, and then everything just flows through you. This one
0: Meister Eckhart, who talks about becoming empty so God can enter, right? So when we talk about, like, uh, Christian yeah. uh, uh, mysticism, and and and, and, yeah. and 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 that makes sense. I mean, if something is full, if you're full, full of yourself, or if you're full with yeah, many, full many, many of ego, other things, yeah. full of ego, then yeah. there's no way you can get through. And I see, like, a yeah. lot of things you're talking about is, for me, I see, like, the universe. And so yeah. when I when things go badly or, quote, unquote, uh, badly because in the end it's actually yeah. for the better but when i would say I lose a job and I go, oh no this is terrible this is a horrible experience yeah. but then something better comes along and i find like why did i fret and worry about that yeah. i should have just relaxed and go with the flow i'd say and let go as yeah. you're saying and then yeah. just like see what happens because i find a lot of things so pretty much everything happens for a reason there's like some sort yeah. of movement plan intention there that yeah, exactly. i can't see but it can see yeah
1: well there's an and, assumption yeah there's there's an assumption I, I as far as i can tell it's particularly strong um in the abramic religions. so mm. um judaism christianity islam mm. there's this concept of a sort of angry god yeah. yeah and and some people don't believe in god anymore but they st- but they basically think that the world is not a friendly place right, right. whereas yeah. what swamiji's saying he often says Everything is auspicious. Everything is auspiciousness, right? So the cosmos is, is helping you, right? So, so for example, what happened to me is my business stopped. I had no money. And then, I, this is in Chapter 4 of, that, of Power of Letting Go, I had no money. I was broke. My girlfriend had left and everything. And then I finally let go and got the perfect job with tons of money. <laughs> so basically, it forced me to let go.
0: Yeah, and the 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 Chinese have this term of Wu Wei, where you're acting without acting, and I I like that because I found that too when I was like applying to various jobs. I was looking for something. It didn't work out. Even like jobs that would be like overqualified for would never like contact me back. And then at one point, I was like, I'm just gonna. Just stop for a while. Just take it easy and relax, and let go. And then suddenly, there's like all these offers coming your way, which is which is a bit odd because we're told like you know effort and hard work and so on. But I think it's important. That's important. I think it is important. But it's also important to find a balance there, to relax, to take time off, to let things like settle and so on, and then wait for the opportunity to arrive as well.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, wait. It's interesting you say that because what I find is i'm i'm more active than i've ever been but mm. but it's but it's not stressful this is the main thing so for example okay. yeah i i get up in the morning and, and and one thing isn't happening so i mean a lot of us we have several things going on right so mm-hmm. one thing is stuck for some reason because someone hasn't replied so i just work on something else mm-hmm. and then that first thing kind of reactivates but i don't spend any time trying to force things or force people yeah. I just, I just do, and also my intuition tells me what to do next, which is, mm-hmm. you know, call that person, send that email, have lunch, go running. I, I don't. Um, so Swamiji has a technique uh, which is really simple called unclutching, and basically every time a thought arises, you just don't engage with it, because mm-hmm. what most of us are doing is we're uncon- we, we unconsciously engage with every thought. Mm-hmm. Like we resist it, we fight it, we think yeah, about it. Yeah. If you choose not to engage with it, you quickly find yourself in this kind of no mind space where your intuition is functioning, and you and you can just be very active but very relaxed.
0: I find I have much more energy since since I've yeah, seen yeah. these, and it's like once you have the energy, then you can spend it in different ways and more fruitful. Yeah. Ways And talking about controlling, I think that's the issue because we try to control outcomes. We try to control people. We try to control everything ourselves and so on. And that usually just wears you out. And plus, you can't do it. But then once you let really? go, whether it's another person, you let them go and they come to you. So then you yeah, notice yeah. like this has this is much better. This is a much better yeah, path yeah. to take than than holding yeah. on. And we see that with money, too. People are like grabbing their money and I've, I'm holding on to it, afraid of losing it and wanting yeah, more. Yeah. And uh, I had uh, Kristen Regerson on, uh, on my podcast, The End of Scarcity, where she says we need to change our mindset, too, to one of abundance. And once yes, you do yeah. that, which is amazing, then money flows and it comes to
1: you as
0: well. Oh, yeah. so it's it's, just, it's very odd. Wait, but when so you're I, limited, you
1: you're, yeah. you're basically unblocking the tube, right? And then it starts uh-huh. flowing through. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: which which seems counterintuitive. But then again, <laughs> that's uh, that, that's how yeah,
1: well, things yeah, I work. Mean, one thing that might help people listening, because I, I kind uh-huh. of... This came to me a few months ago, and it's really helped me, is I realized that a while ago that I'm involved in two or three hierarchies. Let's say most people listening to this podcast, like you might be in a work hierarchy and a family hierarchy, and maybe another work hierarchy or a voluntary organization hierarchy, whatever. So basically you've got two or three masters or mistresses, right? You're trying to to please two or three people and you can't, you cannot, right? So that's one way of looking at the world. The other way of looking at the world is to say, okay, so I'm in the center and there are layers and layers of people like family, friends, colleagues, listeners, readers, da 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 da. And all I need to do is enrich or serve those people as best mm-hmm. I can. And that's what I'm going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what, and that seems to work so much better because you're not worrying about, you know, like if one of them fires you, fine, someone else will show up. It's not a problem. You know, you're just basically serving your, Swamiji uses the word enrich, you're enriching everybody mm-hmm. around you and in your my case that extends to thousands of people
0: i think it's like also partly the the ego for us is because we want we don't want to die and that's the idea if i cling to the ego i become immortal and i think in a sense so that so that's hard to let go but then if you look at jobs as you're talking about because if we over identify with our jobs often and it's just something we do Right, it's it's if it, if it's something we enjoy, that's good. But it's still something we do. So it's not who yeah. we are or something we are. Yeah. So once you get that. past that, the definition that I'm not just my job, then it opens up these other avenues, and then you can apply the same to your to yourself, yeah. like the the uh, the small self, and yeah. engage with the bigger self that is uh, around you, and so much bigger yeah. than you as it is. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I agree with that, and all the way down to vocabulary. So for example um some people say john is the author of the power of letting go mm-hmm. and i would much rather say john or my spiritual name banahasta wrote the power of letting go mm. right I mean, author is an identity right i don't need that yeah. you couldn't say i wrote it you could also say well actually the cosmos wrote it through yeah. Yeah. you know i'm just a channel right i this tradition goes back 10,000 years and i typed it out you know i typed uh-huh. the book yeah i it, see There's a role yeah basically too yeah different
0: roles different that we
1: role play yeah but, right. uh, but i think it's another word for ego is identity if you start as you say identifying with a job or a function you really limit yourself yes that's true you know, yeah it's very limiting yeah. It's
0: it's like an actor who's playing a role, but then they, they think they are that that person, but it's just kind of a role that they're playing, right? So yeah. just playing a, like a Jesus Christ Superstar, I like that, when definitely playing him does not mean he becomes Jesus, but he's channeling something there, right? So it's that yeah, confusion yeah. where we, we don't see the reality and we we kind of get like trapped or hung up in, in that concept, yeah. which is like yeah. you're saying, and I absolutely agree with you, which is limiting because... We have so many other roles, and a father, a yeah. brother, and, you know, I yeah. work and a podcaster and all that and friend. And yeah. so we have different roles and to open yeah, up. I try
1: to, avoid, I try to avoid those labels. I, I, uh-huh. I think it's I mean, it's it's better just to talk about things that you do. Like, for example, I'm not a photographer. I take photographs.
0: <laughs> OK,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, because the label of photographer is kind of mad to me. It's just so narrow. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I can see you, you don't like thinking. You like thinking outside of the box, which is something something I enjoy too. Because in many ways, I think like we, we people limit us and we limit ourselves too. And especially in yeah. who we are and who we identify ourselves as. And I think like really like really opening it up. And you don't have to conform to one view or one way of being and so on. Just uh, in a way, like embrace things that come to you as well and be open to that instead of, you know, just following a narrow path, which uh, a lot of people do.
1: Well, the other thing about it, I mean, anyone listening to this who meditates is, um, Mm -hmm. so I learned mindfulness initially, and then I did transcend, I've been doing transcendental meditation for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so anyone who does any form of, you know, silent meditation, you, you experience this pure consciousness in which there's no identity, right? Mm-hmm. and you realize at some point i'm just consciousness mm-hmm. i'm not the body i'm not this job title i'm just consciousness so the idea of taking on some label is just mad <laughs>
0: <laughs> wonderful yeah so your book uh, john percus uh, the book is the power of letting go how to drop everything that's holding you back you have a new book coming up too so again, yeah well i'm
1: working on it i'm anatomy. working on it
0: okay you yeah, know well the,
1: the power of letting go is selling really well so my agent said i better i better finish the new one
0: <laughs> okay wonderful so again for for our audience here to check it out to check out letting go to check out your ideas your book and thank you so much for being here on Rash's world yeah. for this wonderful conversation yeah. thank you for inviting me for sure care. Okay.